Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future Technologies, poised to transform our lives for better or worse, are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacobs from Future Tech Podcast, Almost Here, Round the Corner Technology. Today, I have an unusual guest, Morpheus Titania, a local Bitcoin trader in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. How are you doing, Morpheus? Oh, kicking ass and chewing bubble gum. <laughs> and I'm all out of gum. Right on. Um, you know, first you question. Remember that quote from They Live? Do you remember yeah. that one from They Live? Yeah, I remember that one, yep. And you're all out of bubble yeah. gum, I think you said, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oy. So we are, um, you know, we just met uh, a day ago at the Bitcoin Miami conference, and it was great. Um, you know, right off the bat, I thought you were um, unusual because you're not one of these big companies trying to do uh, Bitcoin exchange or change the world or any of that stuff on a big scale. But um, you trade bitcoins locally. So what what got you into this? First of all, well, I think it was about 2012. A guy friend of mine, he showed, he talked to me about Bitcoin. He goes, hey, Morpheus, you got to get this Bitcoin. You're going to go da- go download this program, and I'm going to send you some Bitcoin. I go, okay. Mm-hmm. So I click, 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 download QT client, and bam, I got I got the client. He sent me, sent me some Bitcoin. And I got this number on my computer. It doesn't blink. It doesn't move. It doesn't, you know, I don't know. I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and so it's just kind of like it didn't really do anything for me. I just and the, and the thing that really where he screwed up is he didn't make me pay for it. Mm-hmm. And I liken this to let's say you're a Martian, you crash land on Earth, and right by your foot is a bag of diamonds, and they don't have diamonds on on Mars. So you kick it aside and you're looking for a wrench to fix your your your, your spaceship. Right. You know, it's like unless, you know, and something, the reason why things have value is because they're scarce. Well, if you don't know that diamonds are scarce, then you're not going to go, these diamonds have any value. Mm. Makes sense. And so, so I'm real big on uh, making people pay for Bitcoins that I sell them. And like, I'll, uh, if, if they don't have any money, like if, I, if I'm uh, popping on somebody's cherry at wherever, I I will always make them buy bitcoins. I never give them away because I'll I'll figure that they'll do the same thing I did, which is they won't think they have any value. Right. So and then about then a few months later, my my another friend, uh, Big Kahuna Brad, gave a, a presentation on Bitcoin to a group of some of my friends mm-hmm. and. I was like, and he he was like approaching it from a mining aspect, okay. And he showed me all the information, how it worked. He basically gave a presentation, and I go, "Oh my freaking god! I know exactly what I got to do. I got to get me one of those Bitcoin miners, and I'm gonna do it." <laughs> and uh, at the time, I think all I had was about six hundred bucks, and. At the, I, you had to get a high-end computer, and the basic miners were kind of starting to come available, but no one was shipping them. Right. And so, and and what I did was I I sliced it nine ways from Sunday. Couldn't figure out a way to 
get $600 to get me a mining computer. And so I just decided, you know what? I'll just buy some of those Bitcoins and then I'll sell them. And I went on local Bitcoins and I, I messaged one person, no answer. Right. I messaged the second person, no answer. Third person, no answer. Fourth person, no answer. Finally, I'm on the fifth person. He's the last person in Phoenix in 2013. Right. I message him, and finally, I get a response. I'm like, oh, my God, thank God. I go down to Denny's. We sit down. We talk for two hours. Very cool individual. And I, I lay out 600 bucks, and I got my first Bitcoins. And I'm, I distinctly remember this. I'm leaving the Denny's and I say, I'm going to make a fucking million dollars doing this. Nice. And, and from that point on, and then I basically, you know, every business in the world has to do exactly two things. You know what those two things are? Make money and pay taxes. Well, no, not really. The way I look at it is you've got to <laughs> find new customers and sell the ones you got. Okay. Any business that is not buying new customers and selling the ones they got, you're not going to be in business very long. So I put up an ad on local Bitcoins, and within a day or two, I had my first Bitcoin trade, and it was actually somebody that I knew, but mm. they wanted to buy Bitcoins. You know, they, they found me on, on local Bitcoins and, and connected with me. I sold her some Bitcoins, and I'm like, bang. And then people are starting to call me, starting to call me, and like, well, I'm quick question. Doing, Quick question: When you first started doing this, what uh, yeah. what was what was the price of Bitcoin when you first started doing this? I bought. I got in for about thirty-two dollars, and I think I paid my premium was about thirty-six or thirty-eight bucks. Okay, gotcha. All right, so you put ads, you started getting calls, and what happened? Yeah, the yeah, it was like March, March or two thousand thirteen. Well, I just started. Just started. You know, it's. It, it, I just started doing. What I was doing at the time, which was slinging windshields, I was I was selling windshields door to door, and at the same time I would be pitching bitcoins to everyone I met, and also had the local bitcoins ad. The local bitcoins ad is really the thing that got me to the level that I'm at, and I really appreciate them putting that that website up. Yeah. Because it's it gets me most of my customers that I I mean I have some customers I've gotten through personal contacts, but most of my customers I've gotten through local bitcoins, hmm. and I think I was the, I know I'm, I don't know how many people were doing it, but in Phoenix I was the first person to put up like a tiered ad like if you want to buy a hundred dollars here's your price if you want to buy a thousand dollars here's your price if you want to buy five thousand dollars here's your price or whatever and I've adjusted those. Tiers and now pretty much a lot. Of, that's how a lot of people do it because okay. for me, if I go and do a hundred dollar deal, I don't want to give and I sell them to you at eight percent over. I'm making eight bucks. Well, if I do a hundred dollars and I charge someone twenty, twenty or twenty one percent for the, the bitcoins, I'm making twenty bucks. And I think I should at least make twenty bucks. Yeah, you know, makes if I'm sense. Doing a deal. I mean, you know, I mean, my time has value. And and, right. and the other thing is, is I. The, the other reason I do it that way is I want to encourage my customers to do this, to find, to do bigger deals with me because I like doing the bigger deals. I mean, I still do, you know, $100 deals, $200 deals and that, right. but my focus is, is on the, the bigger deals than that because it just, it's just more fun and enjoyable. Yeah. What's, what's the biggest uh, coin 
size and dollar size deal you've ever done? I don't know if I should really say that over the radio, but let's just say it's a lot. Okay. A lot. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I tell you, person to person, I wouldn't say it over the over the radio, you know, or, right. or even no the phone. But okay. no problem. it's uh, it's it's yeah. I mean, it's just it's 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 just part of what I do is is I want to keep my exposure at a low level, mm-hmm. and it's more of an exclusivity versus like you were saying at the conference. It's like, hey, look at me, I'm over here, and I'm do I got this company, and we're doing all these great things, but my business is very personal. For example, if I do a transaction with somebody, we're either, I'm either, we're either going to become friends or I'm never going to do business with you again. Okay. And I got I to gotta enjoy the, myself, the, 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 the engagement of the person I'm dealing with. Right. And so I, I make it very personal. And so what I believe that does, at least for me, it offers me like a layer of, of protection because then I have this, it's not just business, it's about the personal relationship. That makes sense. Okay. So, so when I go and when I meet with a new customer, I usually take at least an hour to meet with that person so we can talk. Oh, wow. Because I want to get a, I want to get a read on who it is I'm engaging with. And the other side of it is, is lots of these people, they're buying Bitcoins to either put up an ad on Backpage or they're buying something off the dark web or whatever. And I don't care. They can do whatever they want. Uh, I believe that people have the right to do whatever they want as long as they're not damaging anybody else. Right. So, But what I, what I want to get them to see, hopefully, and I'm not always successful, but I, I give the people who want to buy a, a back page ad for 50 bucks the same amount of energy as someone who's doing, you know, a few thousand dollars, is I want them to think about the possibility that this is not just something they're buying to buy something. This is something that is, A, is going to change, the, can change their life, and B, is going to change the world. There is no question in my mind that or doubt or anything that this technology will change the world and for me I've always been about change uh, wanting to see things systemically change because the society that we have does only works for a limited uh, 1% of the population maybe even less than that and and I, I, I believe that our creator put us all on this planet so we could all actualize our dreams and not just a few people uh, milking, you know, suppressing the rest of us so that they could live in high places. And that's been a dream of mine. Okay. That's been a dream of mine for a long, long time. In fact, what's funny is, is I have a friend of mine, he's a yoga instructor, and I went to see him a few days, about two months ago and I was chatting with him about Bitcoin. He goes, you know, I remember 30 years ago, cause I've, I've known this guy that long, yeah. 30 years ago, you were talking about the same exact stuff as you are now, Ugh. as far as the money system. Hmm. I mean, when I met him, I would actually take my check. I would go to the bank and I would go get Susan B. Anthony dollars and I would pay for everything I would buy in my life with Susan B. Anthony dollars. And if I had to pay my cool. rent, 
I, w- I would go to, well, it's, it's very difficult. You know, people I mean, you been, to, uh, the people must have been confused saying, I bet you a lot of people were like, what is this? Right, right. Because at least I felt at the time that by using the Susan B. Anthony dollars, I wasn't using these Federal Reserve notes, hmm. which are, they're, it, it, they're fraud. They're fraud on their face. And I can even prove it. Because I have a $100 bill here in my pocket that I got from one of my transactions, and it's from 1950, oh. and I'd like to read for you what it says here on this bill. Do you, get it? Do you, want, do you mind if I yeah. share with the, your audience about that? Yeah. Okay, yeah. this is a $100 bill from uh, 1950, and it's the old style. It doesn't have a strip in it. At first, when I got it, I was like, is that real? And then I saw the hairs in the paper. I said, yeah, it's got to be real. And this says in small print, it says, this debt, this note is legal tender for all debts, public and private, and is redeemable in lawful money at the United States Treasury or any Federal Reserve Bank. And then on the bottom, right underneath Franklin, it says, we'll pay to the bearer on demand $100. So that begs the question is, what is this thing I'm looking at? And the answer is, this is a Federal Reserve note. It's it's like a receipt for lawful money. Well, it's an IOU, a, a right? Lawful money. Yeah, this is well. It's a receipt. It's like a receipt. It it's a, it's like uh, it's just a receipt. It, it, it's like right. if you go to the store and you say and you buy something from the store and and then it doesn't work. You, what do they ask you? Where's the receipt? Right, right. Where's this the proof? This is the receipt for the money. This is the proof that the that the thing exists. Because the reason why we use money over okay, just to continue on is that the Coinage Act of 1792 says that a dollar is defined as being 371.25 grains of silver. It's never been repealed. Really? And yeah, it's never been repealed. And what they did is they did the little switcheroo and they said, oh, this is a Federal Reserve note, but it's $100. We'll See, it says here, this is a Federal Reserve note, and then it says, we'll pay to the bearer on demand $100. Well, if you look at a newer $100 bill, it just says this is a hundred, it says Federal Reserve note, and this is a hundred dollars. Okay. It doesn't say we'll pay to the bearer on demand. Well, that goes back to the, the Coinage Act, of 1792, which says they are required to give you, if you demand it, one silver dollar, which would be like a Morgan, which has exactly 371.25 grains of silver. So this is what they're doing. What these criminals have done is they have placed us into a con game where they're the only option. Right, and because we can still go buy stuff with these pieces of paper that have no value, because it's just, it's like I, I have a dollar here, and I, I have a green pen, and right now, where, where, the, where the one is up at the top, I'm just now writing, actually, I'm doing this right now as I speak, I'm putting two zeros right next to the, to the little <laughs> one, and I just turned this $1 bill into $100. How much energy did that take for me to do it, to do that? Mm. Nothing new. None. Right. Well, what gives, see, that's the thing is people don't understand is that what gives money, money value is that originally when it was silver and gold is that there was a 
resource called silver and gold that you can't create out of nothing and is scarce, and human energy that goes into the, the creation of that gold or that silver coin because you have to dig it, you have to refine it, you have to weigh it, you have to stamp it. That takes energy. That's what gives, and there's a quantifiable amount of energy that goes into the creation of that thing. Just like if I, if I have chickens and I want to, and, and I produces eggs and you want those eggs, there is a quantifiable amount of energy and resources that would go into the, the, the collection of those eggs if you wanted to buy them for your omelet. Right, got it. Well, well and, and what, what happens is, is, is these, these things of value because of these quantifiable uh, standards, and not standards, but, but, but there is a, a, a gigantic auction in the marketplace over thousands of years that helped us to decide, okay, it took X amount of energy to get the gold, it took X amount of energy to get the eggs. How many eggs equals a, a gold or silver? Well, that is an auction. That, that happens at, at auction because it's like, if you, we, we, if, if I go to McDonald's and they have $5 cups for, for a cup of coffee, then maybe I won't buy it. So if they want to get more customers, they either have to make the sizes bigger or the price less. And then there's a certain point. It's like when you go and buy something, you form a contract with the person that you're buying for that thing. And you are agreeing with them that the value is what they are paying for it. Gotcha. Okay. Well, let's, let's, um, I, you know, I do enjoy your philosophy and everything and it's important. Um, the listeners already know about Bitcoin a bit, you know, they're, they're definitely early adopters. So they're a little bit of preaching to the choir, but it does, you know, definitely makes sense. Well, um, these are the things I talk to my people about when I go and meet with them because okay. I want them to understand because I want them to understand what is really going on mm. in our world. Because, Unless in order to fix any problem, the one thing has to in order in order to correct any problem, you first have to understand that there is a problem, and most people do not believe there is a problem essentially at the level of the money system. And I don't care about Trump, I don't care about Hillary, I don't care about Gary Johnson, because no matter what they do, they are still playing this game that they are boxed in by these the people who create the money. Yeah, and I think the people that don't think there's any problem aren't the ones that have lived through the problems in Cyprus or Venezuela or India or all these countries that are issuing capital controls and and uh, essentially killing people to take their money and trap them. Mm-hmm. So in the U.S., you know, thank goodness nothing terrible of that magnitude has happened yet. But but I understand why some yeah. people you talk to don't appreciate it. Right, and that's what I want them to get them to understand is that this technology has already changed the world, and I know it's changed the world because it's changed my life. I, I was, I, I told myself I wanted to be retired before I was fifty, and I made it with four months to spare. Nice, because of this technology. And people say, "Well, you still work?" I go, well, "Let me think about this." I go to McDonald's or or whatever, Starbucks or Jack and Box or whatever restaurant I want to go to. Right. I meet with my friends. We have a cup of coffee together or a meal or whatever. And then they throw money at me and then I push some buttons on my phone. 
<laughs> I don't know if that really qualifies as work. That qualifies to me as I'm going to go see my friends, and while I'm there, they're going to give me some money. I don't mind when I go to see my friends. They want to give me some money, do you? <laughs> well, let's, let's get back to more of how you, you operate. So do you buy and sell every day? Do you, uh, you know, like uh, keep oh, yeah. a big reserve for yourself? Like what do you, what's your day like and what's your yeah. business like essentially? Uh, well, I pretty much live a life of Riley, I guess. I mean, it's just so incredible. I basically, I'll wake up in the morning my phone will go off around 8 o'clock. I'll look at my phone, see if anybody wants to buy any Bitcoins. Check the price of what Bitcoins is. Check a couple things on my phone. If nothing's going on, I go back to sleep and get up around 10. And uh, then I'll do whatever I want to do around the house. Inevitably, somebody's going to call me. I mean, I probably do four or five trades a day. Okay. And lots of times... I'll go to one particular restaurant and just sit there and I'll have everybody come to me nice. and they'll just come to me at the, at the restaurant and I'll just sit there and, you know, just arrange them. So there's a little bit of time between, you know, people. So they're not bumping into each other or whatever. Right. I mean, if they are, they do, but I just, I like to keep everything kind of separate, so yeah. to speak. And, um, we'll do a few trades. And like the other day I bought some Bitcoin, I sold somebody some Bitcoins and then I bought some Bitcoins and I made, I don't know, it wasn't like a lot of money, but I'm just sitting there at McDonald's having breakfast and made 60 bucks. You know, right. I mean, like, it's not a lot of money, a lot, a lot of money, but I was, I yeah. bought and sold all at the same time. You know, I bought and then the guy who was, who was selling, or buying Bitcoins for me, just as he's leaving the other guys who want to sell, is selling me, they're selling them to me. Yeah, why do you think, I mean, so you'll buy at a discount and sell it at um, at a, a bit of a, a premium. You know, uh, yeah, well, what, just like every business does. That's how every business in the world operates. Right. What, um, I just I do know. it with a product that I can store on my phone. Yeah. I, I'm not asking you to disclose your margins, but ballpark, what are the margins you see out there on local Bitcoin where you think it's viable to, you know, well, the beauty, the thing I like about Bitcoin is, is that there's no expenses. I mean, my expenses are I got to be able to have a car and I yeah. got to have a phone. Right. And, and food. You know, so I got to have a phone anyway. I got to have a car anyway. So what's, you know, I'm not getting, it's not like I'm having to have something in addition to stuff I normally wouldn't have. Yeah. You know, there's the, 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 the threshold is like, oh, if you want to make a million dollars, that's easy. You just go down and get $5 million and buy yourself a McDonald's. Uh, make a million dollars very easily that way. Well, my problem is, is you got to go out and buy a McDonald's. Well, I don't, right. The beautiful thing about Bitcoin is, is that to get in the game, all you got to do is get some Bitcoins at any amount. I mean, buy a, you know, if you buy $5 worth, then you sell off. One dollar at a time at a higher margin, and then when you get you you get your five or six dollars back, and you take that money and you buy some more, and then you get ten dollars right. worth, and then you get ten, you buy fifteen or twenty or whatever, and, and it's just the beautiful thing is that I don't care whatever somebody is doing, they can do this in addition to whatever they're doing. Right. Yeah. To give a good example, say like Uber in a way. the <laughs> yeah. Well, it's even better because I don't even have to be in my car. I could just be walking around. Yeah. 
I don't have to have worry about. See, the, the thing is with Uber is you got to sign up. You got to have a certain year car. You have to have uh, you have to have insurance. You have to have a driver's license. You have to have all these things mm. that if if you don't have the permission of somebody else, you can't go out and make money. Yeah. Well, with Bitcoin, I don't need anybody's permission. I just went out and found somebody to sell me some Bitcoins, and then I got to do the two things that every business in the world has to do: find new customers and sell the ones I got. So tell the me more about the only difference is for me. Well, tell, tell me more about the, about, the, about the customers and your insight. You know, I'm not who they are, but what kind of people, I mean, why wouldn't people just go to an exchange and buy Bitcoin online? Like, why would they want to buy it in person or sell it in person? Like, what, what kind of people do you work with or run into? Well, the two things that I offer other than I'm fun to hang out with, but I have a, I'll, I'll be, I'm just kidding about that you know, presumptuous, but I do, I, my, part of what I do is I want to make it an enjoyable experience for these people mm. about what it is they're getting into. And I think people appreciate that. And I may be full of myself or whatever, hopefully I'm not, but I believe that the people I do business with, they enjoy doing business with me. In fact, I have customers that I've had for three years oh, wow. and that buy from me one guy He's been with me for about three years, and he probably buys from me every week. Hmm. And and the reason I believe that is what it is is because, like I said, I, I make it enjoyable. But you know, then there's also the monetary aspect of it. But the you know because I'm charging a premium, I add value to the system. I give them information that they don't get just by going on to the exchange. I don't build, you know, if you go to the exchange and buy Bitcoins, they're not building the dream for you. I'm saying, right. I haven't had a job in three years. If you listen to me, and I love to tell people how to do it, it's not that hard because we put on our pants the same way. Yeah. What I do is entirely duplicatable. I tell my customers, I'm looking for 10 to 50 customers that want to do between 10 and $50 million each with me. At the same token, I'm looking to help them find 10 to 50 people that want to do between 10 and $50 million of them. Right. And I'm talking not, and, and the time frame is totally open because when I was, I used to sell cars for a living and I was good for about three to $5 million a year in cars. Mm-hmm. Well, here I have a product that pretty much sells itself. People are calling me up three or four times a day to want to do transactions. Really? I know I can do $50 million on my own. <laughs> Well, that's my question. What kind, of, uh, what kind of people are you finding? Like, what are people's motivations when you talk to them? Why, what kind of people buy and sell from you? And what, are their, what do they tell you their motivations are? What do they get out of it? Well, they a lot of them are doing the same thing I'm doing. Like, I pay my rent in Bitcoin. I get my teeth cleaned in Bitcoin. I get my hair cut in Bitcoin. Everything I buy off of Amazon is with Bitcoin through purse. Mm-hmm. So I use it. As much as I possibly can. When I went to the when I went to the conference, I got on cheap air and I got my my flight. I went to Expedia and got my hotel. I paid for the conference in Bitcoin. Nice. And uh, while I was and then uh, Colin and I, the guy who invented Nexus, who I hope you'll have on the show as well. Hello. Yeah. Uh, he had he had some he had family that was in Key West. And I went down to Key West. We hung out in Key West. And I, I, the, his sister, where we stayed with, 
I paid her in Bitcoin for, you know, I gave her, you know, gave her, you know, she didn't ask for anything. I said, hey, I'd like to give you something for, you know, let me stay in your house. Mm-hmm. Paid for it in Bitcoin. I do, I, I'm always asking people to accept it. Okay. And because I make it, you know, and here's the thing, is the first known trade was on May 22nd, 2010. A guy traded 10,000 Bitcoins for $25 of the pizza. Yeah. That was Bitcoins worth $9 million. Wow. So why would anybody want to accept it? Why wouldn't you want to accept it? It's like if, if the, the, in order for anyone to buy anything, they have, there's four conditions that have to be met. The customer has to want and need the product. Well, they should need the product because provided the, the, the mathematical probability of the dollar going to zero is 100% right. at some point in time. Uh, they're, they're, they should either want the product, well, they should want Bitcoin because, you know, in six, seven years, a guy made $9 million out of 25. That's, I don't know about you, but I don't know any, anybody else that's ever done a, had an investment that did that well. Right. And then, then they have to be able to afford the product. Well, that goes back to, you know, if you want to make a million dollars, all you got to do is five million to be able to buy a McDonald's. But with this, you can get in the game for a dollar. And then the customer has to understand the product, which is what I do is I just explain it. And that's why, I, like I said, I spend an hour. I want people to understand what is money. Money is a resource and an energy. The only thing with Bitcoin is the resource is electricity and the, and the, the, the energy or the energy is, you know, it's like the, it's a mathematical, it's math. I guess you could say it's math. Right. And, the, and the energy comes in the form of electricity and a robot. Because now that we're living in the future, we don't have to change our time for money anymore. We can use robots to do all the work. Yeah. Any um, <clears throat> interesting stories of customers, you know, without revealing names or anything, of uh, stories you've oh, heard of how Bitcoin affected them? Well, I mean, I have customers, lots of them. I like to think of more as business partners than customers because I feel like we're in this, Benjamin Franklin said that, you know, gentlemen, we must all stand together or surely we will all hang separately. So I like to think of this, what I'm doing is I'm put, building a network of people who want to go out and change the world. Some of them just want to make money. I prefer to change the world and be the money to be the byproduct of what I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, because, I, you know, I, I, like, I like to eat. I love to sell. I mean, that's, Part of what, what I love so much about Bitcoin is, is I love to sell stuff. It's fun. I enjoy it. I've made it enjoyable for myself. Mm. And the, because of all the attributes that the product has, it makes it very easy to sell. And by being able to selling it into the, you know, sharing it with the people in the, in the world, I can open their minds because the way I look at things is that, we either real, humanity is moving towards a place in time where we really are going to have two options. We're going to have the new renaissance or we're going to have World War III. Hmm. I don't know about you, but I prefer option one a lot more than option two. Right. But in order for option one to occur, we must elevate the consciousness of people. And because of the way that society is constructed, they want to dumb people down. So we have to do, in order for not to have World War III, we have to have an elevation of consciousness. And that's already happening anyway as a result of the Internet. The Internet is, is 
made dramatic changes in how we get information. And what, what the Satoshi Nakamoto did is he invented a way of having scarcity in the digital world, which never existed prior to the invention of Bitcoin. Mm. It solves the problem. It's like everything we have, this pen, my cup, this phone, my wallet, everything that I'm sitting in front of had to be invented. It didn't always exist. Somebody used a brain and go, oh my God, if I do this, now I can have this chair I can sit on and be more comfortable. Right. Gotcha. And so what Satoshi did is he figured out that the answer to this problem is in a distributed uh, network, how do we have scarcity? Because we've had scarcity before. We have scarcity with Visa and MasterCard, but they are the central authority. So if they want to give you, like, if, I don't know if you or any of your listeners have ever thought about this, but if you get a, an application for a Visa card, you fill out that application, you put your social, your slave surveillance number in it, you send it back into them, and they go, they run it through their algorithm that no one knows what it is, right. and they go, oh, we're going to give you five thousand dollars. And what they do is they go on your account and they go, they generate five thousand dollars for you. Well, God, I'd like to be in charge of that. <laughs> if I was a psychopath, yeah. well, this with with Bitcoin, this allows everyone to play by exactly the same rules. So I don't care if you're black, you're white, you're male, you're female, you're 13 years old, you're 96, or you come from Mars. If you have the 12, if you have your key to your, 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 your wallet, you control Bitcoin and no one can stop you. That's powerful. It is. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, I look at Bitcoin do you remember, you remember Tenement Square where the guy gets in front of the tank, the tank yep. and the tank moves over the side and he gets in front of the tank and then and he's got these bags of, I don't know, like groceries or clothes in his hands or whatever, I don't know what the hell he had. And then the coin moves the other way and all the other tanks are backing up behind him and then he jumps up on top of the tank. This is the power of Bitcoin. Mm. That's well, how I look at it. All right. Well, one, one interesting thing that you said to me in passing when we met in person is that you live entirely, um, I don't know to say outside the system, but <clears throat> you live entirely off Bitcoin and I guess some cash when it's necessary, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, my first goal is to always spend Bitcoins. That's my goal. Okay. And when I go to the store, Hey, did you get everything you need? Hey, can I pay you in Bitcoin? What's that? <laughs> well, Bitcoin is world's first, world's first international decentralized permissionless money system. For the first time in history, we actually have a global free market. This has never existed before in humanity. And if you take the creation of fire, you have logical consequences to the rocket engine and going to the moon if we ever went there. That's another discussion. Okay. Uh, the, but with this technology, we have no, I, I mean, they couldn't see the rocket engine 50,000 years ago when they invented fire or whatever fire was invented, whatever, you know, right. cause it had to be invented too. Yeah. So they had to, they couldn't see the rocket engine from the fire. Mm. They said, Oh, well, I got to heat, cook my food, keep the bears away or whatever. Right. Well, we have no idea what the logical consequences of this technology are. None. 
So um, how often are you stymied where you can't use Bitcoin to pay for things, or is it pretty much just about everything you can do? Well, I just do it whenever I can. Uh, well, like, for example, I, I, I paid for my hotel room with, with Bitcoin. Or let me give you another. another how did example. you do that, by the way? Was it through a, like a, a Bitcoin credit card or? So does Expedia take no, Bitcoin, or no, how do you do it? Expedia, Expedia, Expedia takes Bitcoin for hotels. They don't take it for their flights. Okay. And then Cheap Air uh, takes Bitcoin for their for your flight. Oh, okay. So here's, I mean, so this is what is so surprising to me is that more businesses don't jump on this bandwagon. When I think of going on a flight, or I think of getting a hotel room, the only place I think of is Expedia and Cheap Air. Mm. Well, how much is that worth to a company? Yeah, quite a lot if you buy through that frequently, yeah. Right. Well, they, they have a direct channel. Another example, my dentist, Dr. Porcherazzi, uh, here in Phoenix, Arizona, he cleans my teeth for Bitcoin. Yeah. Well, I tell all my customers, hey, I got my teeth cleaned for Bitcoin. Well, one of my customers, he lives probably 30 miles away from Dr. Porsche, and he, I told him, hey, I get my teeth done. Oh, what's that guy's name? There's his number. I text him. And then next time I go see Dr. Porsche, he goes, hey, Ian, I you sent some guy over here. And I pulled out a, a couple extractions. Well, how many dentists in Phoenix, Arizona, did that guy pass up to go see the guy who took out his teeth for Bitcoin? Right, yeah. yeah. A couple hundred? Hmm. Who knows how many? Well, how much value is that that if you have this – it's like, it's like going back in time. I got a Visa card, and you're the only guy in town that takes Visa. Where am I? You, I, you guarantee getting my business. Right. Yep. Makes sense. Now, it's not a lot, but guess what? If the dollar, there is a mathematical probability of it going to zero, and Bitcoin has a mathematical probability of changing the world, it kind of makes sense to get on board first because, you know, it's like soccer. First toe to the ball wins. So establish yourself as being someone that takes Bitcoin. And like when I used to, I used to sell Visa MasterCard machines. Well, I'd go to a new business. Hey, you need to take Visa. This was 20 years ago or more, 25 years ago. Right. I don't think it was as prevalent as it is today. But, you know, almost every business realized that you had to have Visa MasterCard. Well, now I would sell them a lease on this Visa MasterCard machine for 30 or 40 bucks a month, and I would get a commission on that, plus they get a, a residual, you know, I didn't get a residual, but there's a, a percentage fee on, on using the card. Right. Well, the thing is, though, is that if you don't have the card, you don't get the business. Now, yeah. right now, it's like most people, if they have Bitcoins and they want to buy something, they, they have, excuse me, cash, and they buy the thing for cash. But if you take Bitcoins, you guarantee getting my business. I got thousands of dollars worth of bitcoins. Why would I want to buy, spend them anywhere that doesn't take bitcoin? I want to reward the, the businesses that go, hey, you know what? I need I need to be able to market myself to take bitcoin. And the other side of coin, the other side of coin in quotes is that what's the cost? That, what's the threshold for getting to taking bitcoin customers? You set up a wallet. Right, it's very low, yeah. It what costs a, nothing. How how widespread is Bitcoin in Phoenix now? Like you, you know, I know you're helping to make it more so, but 
what do you think it's going to take for it to really take off where a lot of people are using it and you can use it everywhere? Well, you know, that's, I mean, they talked at the conference that we need a killer app. I don't know if that's necessarily what it is. I think it's just a matter of, because here's the thing, the banks own the government and the government grants licenses to the, to the, uh, the media and controls the schools. So there, nothing gets out with that without it going through this filter, okay? Mm. And the banks, this is their enemy. So of course, they're the, 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 the like, just for example, how come it isn't all over the news that a guy made nine million dollars from twenty-five bucks in seven years doing Bitcoin? Okay, yeah, it's it's not like known. I mean, this should be like all over the place. But because the, the, it, 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 there is no company, because there is, it's just a bunch of anarchists basically running around telling people about it, mm. it's, it, there, it, 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 it's, it's more of, in order we, as, as to spread the word, to lift the consciousness so we don't have World War III, it's a matter of informing people at every opportunity. Whenever I get in front of somebody, Hey, strike up a conversation. Hey, have you heard about Bitcoin? Oh, no, what's that? It's world's first international decentralized permissionless money for the first time in history. We have a global free market. The mm -hmm. first known trade was on May 22nd, 2010. A guy traded 10,000 Bitcoins for $25 worth of pizza. Guess what they're worth today? And I shut up. Let him come up with a number. Mm -hmm. Well, the number is, it's not going to be right. And well, it's about $9 million. And I, sh I go, I stick up my hand. And I say, how much do you want to get? Mm. Good sales pitch, and I yeah. shut up and I let them squirm. Right. That's how I do it. And they'll say this or that or whatever. The other day I was in Key West. I was in the store. There was a shirt I wanted to go buy for my girlfriend. I go to the cashier. Hey, can you crack a 50? She goes, no. And I said, well, there's a guy next to me. And I did that exact same spiel. The guy goes, how about I give you five? I said, I need six in order to buy this shirt. So he, go, he gives me six bucks. I give him $5 worth of Bitcoins because that's how I make a living. Mm. I go to the lady, here's your money. She goes, oh, I sold that to somebody else. And then he goes, well, how do I sell it? I go, there's another guy. I go, hey, have you heard about Bitcoin? And then goes, the lady goes, you got to get out of the store because now you're networking in my store. I go, I see why you're going out of business then. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. <laughs> you, um, do you ever worry about... Um, any liability coming upon you, you know, because in the banking world, you've got, you know, know your customer and anti-money laundering. If you end up doing a big transaction, I don't, I would guess you don't ask people for ID or anything, but do you worry about any of those or being set up somehow? Uh, well, you see, the thing is, is I, you know, not that I'm perfect. I, I could be tricked, but I, I spend, that's why I spend time with the people. It's a very high touch business. And so I spend time with people and I talk to them to see if I get a read on who I think they are. And I generally, you know, someone calls me up and out of the blue and goes, Hey, I want to do this large sum of cash. I go, well, Hey, let's get together and, and talk for a while and do a smaller amount and get to know each other. Do you, do you see you know, people so um, I can get, okay. Get comfortable. Yeah. Do you, do you see yeah, people? It's about being comfortable with the people, and I, I want them to be comfortable with me, and I want to be comfortable with them. It's a two-way street. Makes and sense. Before any time, you know, if, if you're in a sales, 
you know, I don't really consider this to be sales, but it's kind of sales because I'm selling ideas. And then the, the, the Bitcoins are the memento of the occasion is how I look at it. Okay. And, but in normal sales, like if I was selling cars, you know, if I get a customer who's just not jiving with me, I got to stick with that guy till he's, till the, the manager says I can let him go because the store paid five or $600 to get that person in the store. Well, it's not my decision whether I can let that person go. Mm. Gotcha. Is how they look at it. And if I want to keep my job, well, then I got to tell you by their rules. Well, I don't have a job. I don't have a company. I don't have a nothing. It's just me. Yeah. I'm just that. And I think that's a lot of it. It's like, Hey, it's just me. And I, and, and basically my argument would be, well, I didn't agree to your rules. Where, where do you get, where'd you get your jurisdiction over me? Mm. I don't know how well it would work, but I feel like that's how I would handle it. And like I said, I, I do my best to, weed out anybody that I don't want to deal with. If, if I don't like them, bam, I walk. Makes sense. Okay. Do you, um, do you see people hoarding Bitcoin instead of wanting to spend it because the price you know, has been going up quite a bit for a while? Well, I think that some of us, I mean, I, I kind of hoard in a way, but I only, only because I believe that the price of Bitcoin can very easily hit $50,000. Wow. And I tell people, oh, I, this is, this, well, here's the thing. On November 28, 2012, when the Bitcoin was the first halving was on November 28, 2012, the price of Bitcoins was $12.25. Mm. And then on, no, on November 29, 2013 was the high point, $1,151 dollars depending or 1183, depending on which exchange or resource. But the number I got stuck in my head is 1151. Well, that's a swing of like 92 times. Well, on July the 5th, when it had the last time down from 25 to 12 and a, uh, from 25 to 12 and a half, the price was like 600 and change. So if you take 600, and multiply that by 92.3%, then you got $55,380. Mm. And I believe that that's, you know, it's, it's like, it's historic. It already did it once, so it can do it again. If it never made that kind of an increase, it would be, you couldn't say it's going to go 10,000 times, you know, right. from, from, you know, but we had this, you know, this event in the Bitcoin world where there was a halving. And if you look at the, when it had last time, it wasn't until the end of November that it went up to 11. It wasn't, no, it was like, yeah, the beginning of November when it was, it was hovering in the $140 range. And then three weeks later it was 1151 bucks. Now, I don't know if all that was caused by speculation or caused by, the, the the reduction of you know the less bitcoins being on the market, but let's put it this way: if the world supply of coffee was going to be cut in half, what would you do right now? If the, if the cost of bullion be cut in half? No, I'm saying if, let's say the cost the the, the the coffee production in the world was going to be cut in half tomorrow, what would you do? I'd stock up on coffee because it's about to get a lot more expensive. Right. I mean, I don't know what it's going to be, but 
you know, the laws of supply and demand are immutable. Mm. It's like gravity. If something has if something has value and people want it, then the market the will will decide on what the price of the product is. So when I am popping cherries by getting people started in Bitcoin, by getting someone introducing somebody into the system, selling them five dollars of the bitcoins or whatever it is. Yeah, it doesn't change the price a little bit, but it's a tiny little bit. There is a change in the, it's like a ripple in the pond. It does cause a change. Now, whether that person, but the way I, and the way I want to do it is, is I send them my, I, I pop their cherry, get them started, get them to buy some Bitcoins, and then I send them one of my interviews and say, hey, you need to listen to this because, you know, I'm, I got to go. You know, I'm, I got stuff to do. You can listen to this on your own time. And if they listen to it, great. If they don't listen to it, I don't care. But yeah. I am still affecting change because, and that's the other thing about Bitcoin is that if if I get somebody introduced to Bitcoins and then they don't buy from me, I still win <clears throat> because they are affecting the price of the market. And I want the mar- I want the price of Bitcoin to go to fifty five thousand. Bitcoin goes to fifty five thousand or anything close to that, it goes to 5,000. How many more people are going to get in the system? Now you got a business and you go, hmm, I can get some of these then there are Bitcoins. I mark it by accepting them. I can get them at spot mm. and then I can hold on to them and then sell them at a future date for more money. Right, yeah. yeah. You know, you don't have to be a brain surgeon to figure it out. So I don't know <laughs> necessarily... Uh, you know, you necessarily feel it needs to be, you need to have a a killer app. What we need to have is the consciousness of human beings to be woken up out of their slumber and saying, oh my God, here is a new thing that works better and, and, and it works 100% of the time. It never goes bad. It's colorless, odorless, impervious to temperature, pressure, and humidity, one size fits all. Always functions at promise. It's promised. Generally appreciates in value. It's also spaceless and weightless, so I don't be concerned about storage challenges like having a building or employees. Right. It takes up no space, so I don't need to rent or buy a building to prevent theft. I don't have any requirements for employees to fulfill the product. There's no building, assembling, constructing of the product. With, with no building or employees, there's no need for insurance, permits, licenses of any kind. All the Product, all the fulfillment of the product is handled by a $15 billion robot that I paid 20 cents to perform a transfer from one, a product from one point to another. This robot functions 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, including leap year and holidays without having to do any maintenance, repair, upgrade, or hire any computer specialists for consulting. The transfer right. system delivers the product instantly and without error. The product is impossible to count it and last forever. There are no franchise fees that need to be paid or started or ongoing. No permissions are, li- are needed. No one can steal my product unless, you know, somebody wants to inflict bodily harm on my person. I mean, hmm. what's there not to like? Sheesh. Boy, are you an evangelist. I That's mean, great. <laughs> no, I mean, really, it's like, what's, I'm looking for the downside. Yeah, no, that's that's great. I'm glad you know that it's such a positive thing. <laughs> well, well, I'm not looking for the downside, but where's the down? I mean, what's the down? Yeah. What's the downside? I guess yeah, I I can't think of one after that laundry list. So yeah, no. there is none. I mean, really, there. 
what's the, the downside is, oh, I got to worry about these criminal actors who want to say, oh, you can't do this. And I'm not able, I'm not allowed to sustain my life without right, having right. to be part of their system. Right. Yep. I don't want them. I don't need them. They don't do anything. The value that they provide is zero. It's negative, actually. You're right. It's like, it's like the TSA. Do you know that the TSA is actually negative security? What do you mean? Well, there's a lot of people who don't fly because they don't want to go through the TSA. Oh, huh. So they take, you know, more people take the shorter trips by car, and statistically, driving by a car is is more statistically dangerous than flying in a plane. Hmm. So if if I force if I if I create a hoop that somebody's not going to go to take my service and take something that's more dangerous, I'm actually creating more danger in the world because now people are driving more as opposed to going on the airplane. Right, yeah, it makes sense. I hate going on an airplane. I hate it. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. And it used to be a fun thing to do. And now it's like a miserable experience. And when, when they say enjoy right, your flight, you want to say, fuck you. <laughs> exactly. You know, have a nice day. I, I, had, I was having a nice day before I had to go through this procedure, but I have to feel like I'm a slave. i got to take off my fucking shoes. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, it's like, what planet am I on? You know, did our, our forefathers fight the British, who were the biggest badasses in the whole world at that time, for independence, okay, and fought with their blood so that we could, they could live freely. And now we have these, you know, oh, we have these uh, constitution-free zones. Mm. What if I want to go on, I don't want to kill myself anywhere airline, anyway airlines. Or I want to carry a gun airlines. I have to be disarmed in order to go on this on this on this vehicle. I have to go subject myself to taking off my shoes and have being scanned. Yeah, yeah, that's how it is. For well, negative security. Yeah. Well, Morpheus, we can go on to a lot of subjects, but I think you know, let's wrap up for now. We've gone you know quite sure. a bit, and I I think you have coins to buy and sell. But um, yeah, I appreciate your time. And then if um if people are in the Phoenix area and they want to meet you and trade. Um, local what, bitcoins. Just go to local bitcoins. Okay, and is your name? Yeah, look me up. You know, yeah, we got we got this new invention. It's called the computer. You can find almost anything now. <laughs> right, no, so really, it's like <laughs> you know, it's it's like I want people on my end on local bitcoins. I write it out. I write my phone number out in in words. Okay, and that's right. No copy and paste. I don't. I want to weed out all the dumbasses. Right. Right. Okay, so yeah, I'm looking, you're, you're... I'm, look, I'm looking to, you know, doing what I can in my life at my level with the resources I have to elevate the consciousness of people in general because human beings have been dumbed down by the system. Mm. And Bitcoin is the perfect catalyst for that to occur. Okay. I mean, just, just right now, we've had this conversation. There's 10 directions we could go with this conversation right now. Right, there is, yeah. yeah. And I like that. Hmm. All right. Well, we don't have time to go in those directions now, but we'll have to revisit this again. But uh, thanks for doing the interview. Yeah, I appreciate cool. it. Yeah. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.